Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and this week we're celebrating the Companion Animal Nutrition and Wellness Institute's Annual Awareness Week. It's been maybe almost four years, Dr. Redick, since we started this nonprofit organization, and we've been working really hard to fulfill our mission to do unbiased research and really look at the very best ways that we can educate pet parents, but also help spread kind of this nutrition information to veterinarians who really need it most. How do you think we're doing? <laughs> it, it, I think we're doing great. I mean, I can't believe it's only been four years. It, it seems like we've been doing this a long time, but yeah. we've got a lot accomplished and um, we still got a lot of work, don't we, Karen? We do, but I think that we've done some amazing things in an incredibly, really short period of time. So for instance, we have funded a two-year veterinary nutrition residency at the University of Tennessee. Dr. Conway is certified in actually everything, literally. Dr. Daniel Conway <laughs> is certified in every integrative therapy you can think of, chiropractic, acupuncture, rehab, Chinese herbs. She, if, you, if there's a certification for it, she has it. And she's right now finishing up her credentials to be a board-certified veterinary nutritionist, which means we will have two amazing doctors, both Dr. Redick and Dr. Conway, fighting this amazing fight of bringing common-sense nutrition to the people. So I could not be more proud of, of that aspect. We've also launched a really ambitious research, research project that some of you may have been aware of or helped to take part in with our last Awareness Week, where we were raising money to evaluate processed pet foods compared to more fresh food diets. And Dr. Redick, bring us up to speed as to where we're at with that advanced glycation end product study. Um, the, the advanced glycation end product study or the dietary AGE study, um, it's off and running and it's really very, very exciting. We've assembled teams. We actually have teams of researchers at a major university that are looking at processed pet foods and comparing them to fresh pet foods and measuring levels of AGEs. AGEs, you know, um, what's, what we're finding out about them from human studies and human literature is they may be some of the underlying causes of some of the diseases in people like osteoarthritis and, and kidney disease, diabetes, um, even cancer. So the question's been raised is, you know, these AGEs form in processed foods when proteins and carbs come together. And we know that pet diets, most of our pet diets, our dry canned foods are very processed. So the question is, is are there AGEs in those pet diets? Can they be measured? And what are they doing to our pets? So that study is off and going. We're actually accumulated quite a bit of data. We're able, we're learning to measure AGEs in these pet diets and we're evaluating them in dogs right now. So we've got a good study going. Um, we should be wrapping up and gathering some more data in a couple of weeks. And then there's gonna be a lot of sit down and analysis. And then we'll be looking forward to some publications and more information coming. Yeah, so that, that, that's one thing that I think pet parents um, maybe aren't familiar with, and even myself, I'm never, I have never been involved with research. So one thing that we all have to realize is how much time all of this takes. It takes an incredible amount of time to put the study together, um, to execute the study, and then of course to collect the results and then to write about the results. So it's not, people say, why is it taking so long? Because it's just playing a very long process. So the, one of the things I love about CanWe is that there is, there's a scientific committee and there's a research team. 
And so you've got a bunch of people helping to move this project forward uh, to make sure that it's objective, that the, that, the, that the project is going as it's supposed to go. Ultimately, what are, what are your thoughts and what is the research team's thoughts in terms of how this information will benefit the veterinary community, but also pet parents? This is really important information because if what we're looking at, these AGEs, are what the studies have shown us already that are out there in humans is that they impact our, our health. So if our diets are high in AGEs, they can actually make us unhealthy. They may actually be driving some of the disease states that we deal with. And the concern is, is there's been some um, studies that suggest that dogs and cats may be actually consuming more AGEs than we do in the typical Western processed diets that we eat. Our dogs and cats often eat the same food their entire life. And if they're exposed and, and having more of these AGEs in their diet, they may actually be problematic and driving some of the disease states. It's, it goes back to kind of the question, you know, Karen, that you and I asked is, you know, why aren't our pets living longer? Yeah. You know, they're, they're seeing veterinarians. Veterinarians are, we're, we've got preventative vaccinations. We've got titers. We've got lab work. We've got all sorts of preventative type care, but it just doesn't seem like we're extending their life yeah. significantly. Yeah. In the human world, we have extended life quite significantly. People are living longer, but our dogs and cats, I, I think we're struggling still to see some significant extension of their life. So the hope is, is that this study will be foundational. It will be a way for us to understand how nutrition, how we can improve nutrition and impact the quality of their life and the longevity of our life. I think we're gonna answer that question. Why aren't they living longer? So exciting for me, so incredibly exciting because that absolutely is one of those foundational questions that actually started the organization, this nonprofit organization that Don and I brainstormed together four years ago. Um, and really, why aren't pets living as long as they could? And certainly we know food is a part of that, but we also know that without doing this type of unbiased independent research, we're not going to get those answers, which is exactly why Can We as an organization was formed. And we're so happy to be able to host an entire week of not just bringing you up to speed on these research projects that we're currently working on, but to hopefully gain your commitment in supporting our next research project, which is for kitties. And really, we're looking uh, at the effects of these advanced glycation end products uh, on food. So can you tell me a little bit about um, what this next phase of the study that we'd like to consider funding? Talk to me a little bit about what that's about. Well, as we're accumulating this data, we are realizing that there we can measure the AGEs in pet food diets, and the, that's exciting. But then it starts us to say, okay, what can we demonstrate the effect of AGEs in, in a disease state? Yeah. Well, in the human literature, we're seeing a lot of connection of these advanced glycation end products with human diabetes. So that got us thinking, it got the research team thinking as we sat down, cats, cats actually have diabetes. And the type of diabetes that cats have is type 2 diabetes. And that's actually the most common type of diabetes that we see in humans. So cats 
are actually almost a, a, a translational, they're like a model for human diabetics. So could we look at cats, healthy cats, and then compare them to diabetic cats and look at their intake of processed foods and AGE levels in their diets, and then also look at blood and urine samples from healthy cats and diabetic cats and see if we can see an effect of these AGEs in, in these cats. So what we'd like to do is take the next steps in this study of advanced glycation and products and processed diets and see do they have an effect in our cats and do they play a role in kitty diabetes that's being suggested in the human literature with human diabetes. So exciting. In fact, we're so proud really to be, I think, Donna, the first group in the world to initiate some of these important studies. I'm not aware of this research being done anywhere else. I, I think that, I think we're doing it. I think we are. I mean, it, it takes a lot of work to put together teams, to find the labs, the equipment, and most of all, though, we need support. We need everybody's support to answer these types of questions, to figure out how we're going to provide best nutrition, how we're going to improve quality of life, how we are really going to see longevity in our cats and dogs. That takes support, support from all of you who care about what CANWE does and goes forward. And what's good is the information, what we learn, what we discover, what Karen, what you and I discover, we're gonna share that information and make sure that every pet parent knows what we know going forward. Yeah, and that's, that is also something that I am very proud of. There are, some pet food companies have done some, some very private research looking at what's in their own foods, but they don't share those results with the world. And we are sharing these test results with everyone with the, with the hopes of not only helping pet food companies produce better, safer foods, but to give owners and pet guardians the choice of knowing that their food does impact overall health and well-being. And, and so this research is foundational in helping to establish that. So this entire week, we will be discussing more details about this new research project, along with looking at the other amazing things that Canry is doing to help improve the lives of pets through independent pet food research. So please join us and support this important work because we can't do it without you. Thank you.